American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must eat America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's. That's Bleed us. Oh my goodness, do we have a plethora of those. Welcome everyone to the Rebel and the Renegade Roundtable. And we're short a couple of guys. Uh, our friend Richard Carey is out there working to uh, uh, keep food on the table. And uh, Mr. Scorpio, who will be with us shortly, I hope, uh, he's, uh, his girlfriend had a breakdown so uh, <laughs> in the car. The car had a breakdown. She didn't. But anyway, uh, he will be with us here shortly. And uh, But, uh, folks, before we really get into tonight's program, and me and uh, Mr. Stephen Douglas White are going to jump all over it like a chicken on a June bug, and we're talking tonight about the border issue and secession because suddenly a lot of people are saying, well, if the government and the Supreme Court says we can't guard our borders, then we will just secede. So we're going to talk about the that and the possibilities of that tonight. And uh, But first of all, folks, uh, we need uh, you to get out there and to support RBN in any way that you can because this platform is absolutely crucial to keeping the truth before the American public. And I have an announcement to make. Stephen, would you believe that we have a winner of the Confederate St. Andrew's Cross quilt, sir? Oh, really? That's awesome. Who would that be? That's cool. Well, well, that would be Mr. Craig M. Kahlberg of Los Alamos, New Mexico. Cool. Oh, that's a pretty quilt. And uh, if he happens to be listening, uh, Mr. Kahlberg, that uh, beauty will be on its way to you tomorrow. And uh, we'll uh, make sure that that gets done. And uh, but uh, in the meantime, Stephen, uh, what uh, have been your thoughts on this uh, border issue and the uh, and the thoughts of secession? Well, I think that if they keep pushing it, the whole thing might fall apart. It's like I'm surprised too that someone hasn't backed down uh, already. That that. Um that's one thought I've got about it. And the other thing is that, the, you know, you, you mentioned how it, the river running backwards, how Greg Abbott suddenly flipped all this all over all this time. It does seem very convenient timing to ramp this up too. things like that. It's always it's not our astro, it's kind of astroturf sometimes. And it has to be an issue, you know, for this year because the election's coming. But it's also got to the point that everybody's got to notice. I mean, I was out to dinner earlier with Wendy, and we once again, even in a little small town of Greer, in a, a minority, very much a minority. 
It's just it, it's getting in our face here. It's just it's it's get kind of scary sometimes, especially when we look at who and how many are coming across, and that our federal government is welding the gates open for these people. I just don't see a constitutional solution to this, you know. But you know what I think about the Constitution. I've made that, you know, I learned that from you, and I just, I kind of always instinctively felt that as a Southerner. But, you know, to learn all of that, I don't, I've already said the seditious thing is that this empire is a criminal, fraudulent enterprise, and we see the end result of it, okay? So there you go. I've said that. But what's going to happen next and how it's going to fall apart, I don't know. How about that? I'll toss it back to you with that, sir. Oh, well, I appreciate that, Stephen, and uh, astute observations. But, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. For uh, Suddenly for uh, the governor of Mr. Abbott from Texas to suddenly decide that he wants to uh, protect the citizens of Texas. And what, what would this be, his fourth term as governor? And he's a member of the World Economic Forum. He is so tangled up with Jews, you probably couldn't find him in a pile of chickens. And it's just absolutely amazing that suddenly he decides to grow a pair and challenge the U.S. Supreme Court. And, you know, and last Mm -hmm. night, uh, you know, I was on the, the political cesspool with my friend James Edwards, and we talked about this. And, uh, I don't know, people are wanting, you know, and shallow Americans. And most Americans are as shallow as a 10-cent bathtub. And they just can't hang on to the truth. You know, they just can't, because as soon as something tickles their emotions, they run to it. Like all of a sudden, after what, 12, 13, 14, 15 years, suddenly Greg Abbott is the man and he's never been before. But, you know, a few years ago, he did talk about secession. I got to give him that. So um, what are your thoughts, Stephen, as we look at this? And, you know, one of the things I've tried to do, and I think there is a great parallel here, but no one wants to listen to it very much. And that is the parallel between what has been happening in America over the past 20 years and what happened in America from 1848 to 1860, just prior to our second war for independence. And then when we think about the fact that Abraham Lincoln had over 300,000 immigrants in the Union Army, many of them in high-ranking general positions, and then nothing could be... uh, you know, more in your face than what Lincoln did with uh, Colonel Turgeyevich or Turkovich or whatever his real name was, but uh, he uh, had changed it to Turchin when he came to America. He was commander of the 19th Illinois. And so they march into Athens, Alabama. Well, the people in out, and there's no Confederate forces there, but he marches his army through Athens, Alabama. And so the people turn their backs on the Union Army, won't even look at them. And it made Colonel Turchin rather upset. And so he said to his uh, men, uh, I'm going out to reconnoiter for two hours, and when I come back, I don't want to see this town standing anymore. So here we have these wonderful Marxists who have migrated from Europe, and they're in the uniform of the American Army, the Union Army, And so 
then suddenly they start burning houses, raping women. One lady, one pregnant lady was gang raped in the street and she died and her child died. Well, William Rosecrans, uh, you know, I got to give uh, credit where credit's due. Uh, General William Rosecrans said, no, nah, we can't put up with this. So he issues a court martial for Turchin or Turchinoff or whichever, whichever name you want to use. He was a Russian Cossack. And what's he doing in America anyway, especially as the leader of a, an army unit? So anyway, this wonderful uh, Colonel Turchin goes before a court martial. The court martial lasts seven days. He is convicted of very atrocious crimes, including, you know, rape, murder, uh, you know, burning property, whatever you want to. And so he is court-martialed. The next day, the wonderful, benevolent Abraham Lincoln puts him back, reinstates him in the Army, and promotes him to general. Now, people, if you don't, and, and that I think the same thing is coming today. I think there is mm -hmm. only a matter of time, Stephen, until we have people marching through the streets of America once they declare martial law, and they may do it over the border. But the time is coming when we will have people in American military uniforms who probably can't even speak English marching through the streets of, the, of America holding weapons that the government won't let us own. What are your thoughts? I think that's their dream. That's what they want, these people that are welding the gates open now. It's the same one. The same ones I call out as often as I can, these masters of war that keep were kept sending the best of us to a foreign land to, to make war on people who hate us now and then bring them here to finish the job when they're done with us. That's what it looks like to me, sir. Well, we know back in the 50s that uh, President Eisenhower had a uh, program where he was going to take a bunch of people who had crossed the border illegally, and he was going to send them back. And that really didn't work all that well. But then we also know that in 1987, the wonderful Ronald Reagan, uh, they called him Red Ronnie in California for a good reason, uh, and he gave them amnesty. And, Stephen, I believe that act of giving these people who had broken the law, what what they say at the time, three million or so, that he gave them amnesty for breaking the law to come into America, I think he established a precedent that uh, we've had to, had to deal with ever since. What are your thoughts? Well, that's what they're waiting on, I think. And then we had the DACA thing, too. So that was all more extension of that kind of uh, magnet here. And then and there may be some people come here to work. I've, I heard you point this out, but, yes. uh, you know, not with with that big – it's like Ross Perot was talking about that big sucking sound on the, 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 you, know, the you know, the border. Well, they're going to come here when we've got that. Well, Stephen, one of the things I will never forget, and I, the reason I say that there are some people who who really – but if they really want to come to America, they should do it legally. Yes. But here is the thing that uh, I will always remember. I was in a business in Farmington, New Mexico, uh, gosh, probably 20 years ago. And the name of that uh, business was called Alamo Surplus. 
Well, they sold a lot of military surplus in there, especially clothing, boots, uh, you know, other stuff. And I happened to be in there one day, and uh, of all things, I saw three ladies in there going through and getting, uh, picking up uh, various parts of clothing and what have you, and they were all speaking Spanish. And so I happened to, I asked them a question. I said, uh, you know, uh, is this or is this clothing for you? And they said, no, it's for our husbands who are working in the oil fields here. And I said, oh, okay. And they proceeded. We had a great conversation. They did speak some English and what little Spanish I could uh, spout out at that time. And uh, so we, uh, I asked them, and they said, well, our husbands work uh, in the oil field industry, but because they are not uh, – legal according to your uh, laws here the oil companies pays them half the salary of the other people who are working side by side with them mm-hmm. and they said we don't think that's right but it's more than we were making in mexico so is part of the fact are there businesses that have been behind this with the federal government to promote these people coming in. I know it happened in Arkansas, both with Walmart and Tyson's Chicken. Mm-hmm. They were both yes. called at one time, well, bringing illegals in to work. Is the, uh, are there companies that are actually giving aid and support to the government to allow this uh, the borders to be wide open so they can hire cheap labor? I think there must be, and they definitely are indirectly by, you know, throwing so much at our government when they're running for office. I mean, you know, it's like it, it's it's disgusting. Weaponized piles of money. That's what uh, the guest I had on Thought Crime Live yesterday talked about, the way weaponized piles of money were directing everything. You know, it, he was talking about big pharma and stuff, but it's just the same thing happens here with our border policy, uh, uh, with anything. They've bought everyone who we think represents us already, and if they haven't, uh, they will try as soon as they get there. Is what I'm. You, you understand what I mean, sir? Right? Oh, absolutely, Stephen. Uh, without a doubt. And you know, uh, recently we got a new neighbor. And uh, I was sitting by my uh, fireplace as I'm, want, uh, you know, outside as I want to do uh, my campfire. And I was sitting out there reading my book and she was out walking her dog and uh, she uh, walked over and introduced herself. And I immediately noticed an accent and she said, uh, you mind if I sit down? And I said, no, grab a chair, sit down. And so we were talking, and, you know, about five minutes into the conversation, I had to ask. I said, I noticed your accent. Where are you from? And she said, South Africa. And I said, oh, okay. And then she uh, told me that how much money that she had to spend to become a legal American citizen. And she said, I'm terribly upset at the fact that this country just lets people walk across the border and pays them to do so when it costs me over $10,000 to become a U.S. citizen. Well, then I, I met her husband, very, very nice guy. And he had been with the Florida Power and Light or whatever you want to call it uh, for quite some years. And now he's in Georgia working in the same industry. But uh she told me that uh, he left the uh, Florida Power uh, Company because 
uh, the fact that uh, suddenly Florida Power was allowed, uh, uh, pardon me, allowed to raise their rates something like twenty uh, percent, and then they found out that the wonderful Governor DeSantis had taken a nine million dollar contribution from Florida Power. Imagine my shock. <laughs> I can hear you now. In, in, in South Carolina, there's this big boondoggle nuclear plant that was going to be built down uh, somewhere near the Horry County, that, that area, the PD, I think it was called. But it ended right. up being just a total ripoff of everything. We've got, yes, it, it's corrupt here with McTaxter as well. And we had Nikki Haley. You can't forget that. I mean, come on. These people are going to save us. Are you people are you I'm sorry Mike you know how I feel about that. <laughs> oh, absolutely buddy. Uh but uh let's uh kind of bleed over here a little bit if we can while we're waiting on the scorp to get, to join mm-hmm. us and I hope he can make it. But I hope uh, everything's okay. Yeah, let's uh look over to secession. Now suddenly people start talking about <laughs> secession. Now here, but let me throw a question at you first, Stephen, before we get to secession. <clears throat> okay. What What would America do tomorrow? And I know most of them sitting on their fat butts watching TV would do nothing. But what would be the effect in America if tomorrow Joe Biden pulled a Ronald Reagan and said, all of these people are have amnesty. You can't touch them. What could we do? I mean, that... I- there may be a small number that head to the border that we're going to that, you know, Abbott was going to try to avoid that op- bad optic and stuff. But, you know, what what are you going to do? It's like I, I don't have very much control over what these people pull on our lives. It's very frustrating. Well, here's the thing I was thinking. How many Republicans, if they jumped in there and said, well, if, uh, you know, if I was Biden, this is what I would do. If I was going to declare amnesty, I would say, following the path of that great president, Ronald Reagan, I, too, am going to issue amnesty for the immigrants in this country. Undocumented, you know, that's a great way to say criminal, because they Mm -hmm. crossed the border against the law. But these undocumented immigrants, I'm going to declare all of them as being here with complete amnesty, just like my predecessor, the great Ronald Reagan. How many Republicans would fall all over themselves and go, well, that's okay then? (laughs) There would be a few. And that whole undocumented thing, too, is pushing to where, well, you know, in order to help solve this problem, then you must make sure that we can document you very well. Everyone must have that real ID, you guys. That's very important. And yeah, they'll push this issue to sort push more of that down our throat as well. All right. Well, now uh, it's a good time, I think, to jump to that secession issue. Now, if uh, you know, they've already there's already talk of it. There's people in Texas talking about it. You know, we're seeing that for sure. So, uh, what? Uh, tell me. You know, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, Stephen. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah. What do you know about secession? Is secession legal? Is secession constitutional? What are your from, thoughts on that? From my understanding, when Texas 
became a state, that part of the agreement was that they would be allowed to secede uh, if they wanted to, as well as the possibility of five states being formed out of Texas, which is kind of a scary, another kind of scary possibility there that I haven't heard anyone mention in a while. Can you tell us about that? Well, Stephen, the first thing I want to do is to take you back to 1788 and 89 and tell you that three states, three states put their right to secede in their ratification documents. How many people yeah. know that? I, I have heard you say it before, but I, I did not before you did. Oh, well, wow, we've got the Scorpio here. Hey, hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Uh, Sorry, I'm late. I uh, had a little emergency to deal with. Uh, we're having an atmospheric river here in Southern California. That's what they used to call rain. And, uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I'm here, though. I'm glad to be with you guys. All right, buddy. Well, let, let us kind of bring you up to speed. We have talked about the, the hypocrisy of Governor Abbott here. We have talked about that. We have talked about border issues. And I don't know if you heard, but I made the comment, and I would like your comment on this. I made the proposition, what if Joe Biden tomorrow comes out and says, I'm going to follow the precedent of that great Republican President Ronald Reagan, and I'm going to declare all of these undocumented immigrants to be have amnesty? What would happen? Well, all the kosher conservatives would be up in arms. There. That's not what Reagan did. This is completely different. Uh, but that is exactly what Reagan did. Uh, that would actually be a good political strategy for uh, Joey Biden. But, um, well, uh, you know, I hope I didn't give him any ideas. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm amazed at how many people uh, believe in this uh, Governor Hot Wheels Abbott guy. Uh, you know, he's a longtime World Economic Forum member. And this the whole idea that he was shipping immigrants deeper into the country to teach the liberal cities a lesson. I can't believe anyone bought that because obviously what he was doing is making the problem far worse and bringing the people into the country permanently when he could have put them on a bus and sent them back to Mexico. Well, uh, here is the thing I was able to dig up this past week, guys, and I'll be presenting it in a, a sub stack here uh, coming up pretty soon, the actual documentation. But would you guys be surprised to learn that the United Nations is actually uh, – financing uh, these people to uh, come from other countries to cross our borders? No, not well, at yes, all. Yes, that's absolutely true. No, go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Uh, I've seen that uh, a couple of places. One in a uh, video uh, that I'd seen where people uh, went up the trail, so to speak, and in Panama, actually, in an old U.S. Uh, uh, fort that, that were UN was handing out, you know, debit cards, pre, you know, preloaded for, for people, UNHCR or something like that. I'd heard, I, I don't know, I, I don't have all the details memorized, but yeah, I had seen that. That's being, being done. Our money is being used to undermine us. Well, I also know guys having uh, uh, conversations with uh, uh, the lady that you guys are familiar with, who goes by the name of Lady Q, uh, Mrs. Q. Uh, and she's been on my program on multiple occasions, and she lives in New York City. Of course, she and her husband, a retired uh, jet engine mechanic, they have uh, moved or bought a house now in Pennsylvania, and they will be leaving 
uh, New York. And uh, the very reason they're leaving New York is the influx busloads of undocumented immigrants being brought into the city of New York. And they have, uh, and she's already told me that they're talking, as you said, uh, uh, that they are carrying around, Stephen, they're carrying around these uh, credit cards, these uh, preloaded ATM uh, cards and what have you. And it's just becoming, as she said, it's untenable. So how many other cities are going to become exactly the same way? I know, you know, I I came, uh, lived in a small county. It was a large county, but small in population in southwestern Colorado for 10 years. And let me tell you something. They right now they're having a crime wave. And this is a small town out west. And they're actually building buildings to put them in. We, this is not, gentlemen, this is not immigration. This is an invasion. Your thoughts, please? Well, yes. Uh, what I would say, too, is that this is essentially replacement-level immigration, and it's part of a grand strategy to transform the demographics. But also, I believe it's uh, part of a, a scam or a scheme to keep the American Ponzi scheme going because our economy is essentially a Ponzi scheme. And to keep any Ponzi scheme going, you've got to add new people into the bottom of the pyramid to keep it all going. And that's part of what they're doing. Now, uh, as I understand it, too, the this is a complex web of an interaction between the United Nations that's actually printing up literature to encourage people to come up and give them resources. And it's a, it's a complex interaction between the United Nations, uh, various um, charitable foundations, the Catholic Church is actually directly uh, doing, uh, working this with this as well. And then you've got what you call the United Nations uh, Resettle- Refugee Resettlement Program, which um, it's hard to get numbers on how many people they're letting into the country through this. Uh, I, I can't find any concrete numbers, but I guarantee you it's in the hundreds of thousands. And uh, it, this has been going on for some time, and it's only going to increase. I don't care what any conservative says. This is going to continue because it's a very important part of the plan they have for this country. Well, uh, you make some uh, very salient points there. And the other thing I remember, uh, having lived on the Arizona border, and uh, we lived there for about nine years. And uh, my wife was teaching on the Tohono Autumn Indian Reservation at that time. And the one thing that we saw over and over and over again is the Catholic Church going in to the border areas, especially during the summer, and setting up stations to provide these illegal immigrants with water, food, clothing, whatever they needed. So this has been that was going on in the 1990s. So this is a long range program yes and and mike uh, i'll tell you i've seen similar things uh back in let's say 2008 uh, in northern california i saw busloads of immigrants being taken to sort of remote catholic churches where they were met by aid workers 
and given all kinds of things. And um, cars were taking them; they were being offloaded the bu- on, from the buses onto into cars and being taken to other locations. So it, it's a complex web of, of of aid and charitable foundations that's doing this. It's it's a very incredible plan, and it's been going on for a long time, Mike, as you said. Well, there's also uh, one of the things that I remember that used to be published in the Tucson, Arizona newspaper, and Tucson was the uh, town closest to where we were. We were west and south of them. But uh, the thing that always amazed me is in the Tucson newspaper, occasionally they would print a list of the 10 most wanted criminals in Tucson. And without a doubt, every time, almost all 10 of them were illegal immigrants. Looks like we got some music, guys. We'll be back on the other side. Listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. 
It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBtalk.com and join the social media revolution. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard, and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. and the renegades and welcome back folks uh, here on the republic broadcasting network and i would ask you to go to republic broadcasting network uh, go to the website that uh, they had a little time they were down today i got several emails about that but uh, the, the problem was uh, taken care of thank you sam and uh so uh it is all up and ready to go and uh so, uh, gentlemen, we are talking about the border mess. We're talking about uh, this being a planned op. This is an operation that is being conducted by, you know, our churches, uh, the Catholic churches we have uh, drawn reference to, and uh, through the United Nations. And uh, here's the thing that troubles me, gentlemen, and it just popped into my head here, and I'm going to need some response on this. According to Article 6, Clause 2 of the U.S. Constitution, all treaties supersede the Constitution. Now, what are we going to do uh, if the United Nations says, and we are in several treaties with the United Nations, what if they say this is all fine and dandy, guys? What are your thoughts? Stephen, jump in there. Well, there's that one they're going to sign with the World Health Organization, too, that that takes it another level farther. Yeah, it just they definitely don't respect their own law, their own quote unquote rules. And as you've aptly pointed out, 
the Constitution itself was designed to be uh, uh, protection for the government from us, not the other way around. So just, yeah, I, I, I don't think that uh, once that fails, it'll be – they may use that as justification. But it's like if people don't back down from this on either side, I was thinking this earlier with uh, that and with Biden or, until it gets to the point the whole thing could fall apart on them the whole charade it, it will expose the flaw in it i guess the cognitive dissonance of the whole arrangement okay the the the, the convoluted you know is what they did it, it, it I, I, tell us how it, let me toss it back to you with that because i was thinking about this earlier and I, I didn't know exactly how to express it but do you know what i'm saying there that if they push this far enough then everybody will see the uh, bricks at the back of the theater so to speak that frank zappa talked about well i'm not sure because i have uh, guys and it troubles me to say this but i have no confidence whatsoever in the majority of american citizens they're dumber than a rock. They have been educated in by the Marxist school system. And they have no courage whatsoever. There is no courage here. I, I see no courage in the majority of the American citizens. And that uh, really troubles me because I think that the those who wish to make us all slaves have seen that. And they believe that they have reached their nirvana of a most Americans who will do absolutely nothing but sit on their butts as long as there's a TV to watch or as long as they have a cell phone and they can, you know, message somebody. So, Stephen, I think uh, I think they made their move at the right time because I do not think that most Americans are ever going to stand up and resist this. They're just going to go, oh, well, 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 uh, can I watch television? That's, that's all I need. Oh, my God. What do you think? Well, I don't disagree with that. That 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 uh, most Americans, when I say the whole thing fall apart, I don't mean that there's something better coming and we're going to wake up and do it. But that you know, they just the charade of their power is going to be obvious more for people. You know, as long as I think it may be kind of slow in that regard too, because they have to keep people uh, entertained, like you said, up until. Um, until they're ready to pull the plug, I guess. It, it just seems like they're going to keep harvesting us as long as we keep complying. You know, you, that, that stick and bleed us thing, that's not just a, you know, they're really doing that. And bringing these people in, that just seems to, I, I know that Dave said, okay, that is filling the bottom of the pyramid, but it's kind of filling to the extent where they know they're always going to be in power with these people chanting Biden. It's one-party rule. I think they might take the mask off the freedom of choice that they're giving us. That's kind of the way I think that it might come down to, that they would be forced to do that, to impose that rule by force. No, I agree. Uh, Scorp, your thoughts? Well, yeah, interesting points there, Stephen. Um, I, I think, you know, we're at a point where nothing that we are presented by the government uh, is truthful. Everything is deception, and the true agenda of everything they're doing is will always be hidden uh, from the public because it's very unpalatable what they intend to do, and they don't want people to understand what it is until it's too late. And I don't foresee a collapse so much. What I see coming and already happening 
is the creation of a country of rich and poor. The middle class is being destroyed, and we're being flooded with very poor people who are, will be willing to work for very low wages. So this also, the third element of this is it keeps the value of labor very low, so it makes it difficult to organize to try to stop things because you have a constant flow of new workers who are desperate for employment, and they know that. Well, absolutely. And, and that, you know, what we are witnessing here is the takeover, the complete takeover of this country. And uh, because I believe the powers that be have seen the fact that they have a well indoctrinated mass of people who are really interested in one thing. And that is where is my entertainment coming from next? Because all I need is a six pack and the Super Bowl. And we're looking at people, you know, I said uh, today, uh, well, a few days ago, that any time the average price of a ticket for the stupid bowl is $10,000. And there are going to be tens of thousands of people who will pay that to go watch wealthy millionaires play with a ball for two hours. Now, yeah. Pe people who do that will never be free. Go ahead, guys. Well, yeah, and Mike, and Mike, I would just add that, you know, uh, in regards to the school system, I, I've seen, you know, when I went up to Oregon, I, I saw a new kind of young person uh, that's hard to describe. I wouldn't even, they don't resemble Americans as, as I would say it. There, you have a whole new type of young people who really don't share any of the values that Americans traditionally have at all. And so it's it's very uh, disconcerting. And I will say this, too, about your comment about the average American. I, I regretfully agree with you. And I would just say that Americans are going to have to reach a point where they're not afraid to die for their freedom. Because it's really going to come down to that. Either you're going to comply or you're going to have to be willing to give up everything and possibly even be killed. And I, I, I hate to say that, but I, I really think it's true. Well, I think you're exactly right. What was it Jefferson said? That the roots of the tree of freedom must be nourished with the blood of patriots from time to time? I think that's uh, pretty well spot on. And uh, But uh, gentlemen, uh, let's uh, jump a little bit here into... Uh, the uh, idea of secession. Now, we had gotten started on that, David, before, uh, uh, or Scorp, before you got here. So uh, we had jumped into secession. Stephen had brought up the part about Texas had put into their, uh, you know, when they joined the union, that they had the right to secede. But uh, most people are totally unaware that three other states put the right to secede in their ratification documents in 1788. And most people are totally unaware of that. So here, if we look at this, if those three states have the right to secede, and then we look at Article 4, Section 2, which, all, which says all states have the same privileges and immunities, if those three states were admitted into this union with the right to secede, then every state has the right to secede. What are your thoughts on that, Stephen? Well, that makes sense to me. That's that you know what's tr if they are true and equal states, truly equal states. Yes, 
Well, that is the point, and uh, ironically, it was New York and Rhode Island and Virginia that put wow. into their ratification documents that they had at, that at any time the federal government became object, you know, became uh, contrary to the beliefs of the people of those states, they could secede. So. Here is another point. Uh, how many of you gentlemen have ever heard of Texas v. White, U.S. Supreme Court decision? I heard you mention it before. I don't remember the details. Uh, Scorp, are you familiar with it? Uh, only from hearing you talk about it, Mike. All right. Well, Texas v. White was argued in 1868. And what it said, the uh, Texas v. White says that no state, now this is a Supreme Court decision, which says that no state has the right to secede. And, of course, they did this after the uh, our Second War for Independence. But here's my problem with that, guys, is this, at this point, the United States Supreme Court violated the Constitution, because Article 1, Section 9, Clause 3, I believe it is, says that no ex post facto law can be issued. Well, if the, if the southern states seceded in 1860 and it had been put into the ratification agreement of three states, then the uh, Supreme Court decision in 1868 created an ex post facto law. Your thoughts? Dave? Either yeah, one of well, you, jump uh, in. Well, uh, sure. My thoughts are that um, the rule of law as we know it at this point, because we're in a new game, we're not on the game that we were in before, we've entered a new phase or a new era of government, and this era is that nothing, the rule of law is simply for show purposes for the people. It applies to you and me, but it doesn't apply to anything the government does. And th that's sort of an open secret right now, I believe. And, you know, here we have a Supreme Court that recently ruled to keep the border wide open. That The state of Texas has no right to try and defend its own borders uh, and stop people from coming in illegally. Trump's great uh, conservative Supreme Court ruled that. And so I think that's very telling. And... Um, I really do believe we entered a new stage of government and we're playing a very different game than most people think we're playing. Well, Dave, that decision itself was a violation of Article 4, Section 4, which says that the federal government must protect each state from invasion. Wow. So they contradict themselves constantly. That's constantly. What I'm saying is that this contradiction is going to be more and more obvious. It's going to be unhideable from even Joe Sixpack at some point, I guess. You know, I don't know if it will or not. You're right about how most people don't care about uh, things like this at all. But when it all falls apart it, for them, maybe, you know, I don't know. It, it just seems to me that this fraud is so blatant into my face that I'm, I'm shocked other people can't see it. I guess that's 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 where what I'm trying to say. Well, uh, Stephen, I totally agree with you. And, uh, you know, every time I look up here and I see that picture of you and Wendy, I wish that your picture wasn't in there. It was just Wendy. But uh, anyway, uh, 
<laughs> pardon me. But other than that, uh, the uh, point is that the what we have proven here with the, both the recent Supreme Court decision with uh, with the three wonderful members that uh, uh, you know Trump put in there, uh, and they still come up with a decision which contradicts the Constitution, just like Texas v. White contradicted the Constitution. So the thing that we need to at least hope that Americans will begin to understand is that this government makes up the rules as it goes along. Any pre-written rules mean absolutely nothing to them. And as the great uh, writer of... you know, Robert Yates, uh, who was, uh, you know, Brutus, he said that there is no appeal to the Supreme Court this side of heaven. And he's exactly right. So, you know, if we look at the possibility that Joe Biden saying, oh, well, I'm declaring amnesty for all these people. And what is the difference in that and what the Supreme Court has just done in Texas? Dave, your thoughts? Yeah, it's really amazing uh, that we have a a very conservative Supreme Court. And it's funny how these terms really don't mean anything anymore because the greatest conservative value we have now is uh, the supporting of Israel, no matter what it does. That's the ultimate in conservative values, according to many people. And so the the terms are becoming uh, meaningless. And... um, you know, uh, the fact that they're actually violated the Constitution. These people are supposed to be constitutional scholars. They knew what they were doing. This is not an accident. This is not incompetence. You can't say that. They knew exactly what they were doing. And I believe many of these judges are uh, following orders given to them by, uh, you know, some type of controller that makes phone calls to them or visits them periodically. I think these people are all compromised in various ways. It's the same methodology they use on you know the the congress and the president they actually want people who are compromised who have skeletons in their closet so they can control them well dave i would challenge you a little bit here on the fact that these uh black robed bandits are actually constitutional experts because they're all lawyers and i have never met a lawyer yet that knew the constitution from their butt So, yeah, I heard you say that before, and I have to. I was reminded of that movie Al Pacino was in. I think it was was it, that and Justice for All that, about the justice system. How he one where he screamed, "I'm out of order!" That because it, that seemed to show the. I see them as that corrupt. If you've ever seen that, I, I, I know a few things about things that happened with the judges here in South Carolina. There's this big, uh, well. You know, I, I agree with you. Let me just put it that way. That is a corrupt system, and I don't trust any of those white coat or black robe people. Well, we claim we have a constitution that is the law of the land, and yet we say that that constitution, the final interpretation of that constitution lies with nine politically well-connected lawyers who are serving for life that nobody gets to vote for. So what exactly what level of mentality does it take to see through this, Scorp? Well, Mike, I, I think uh, this touches upon something that Daryl and I were talking about on my show earlier, which is 
you know, we really don't have a country. We have a corporation uh, because the United States doesn't even have a border anymore. That's part of the, the definition of a country is supposed to have defined borders. We don't have that anymore. And what we have is a corporation that's uh, implementing corporate law and corporate justice. And those are very different things. And they have nothing to do with the Constitution. The Constitution is completely irrelevant when it comes to the rules and bylaws of a corporation. And what we're seeing is we're seeing our, the rules we all thought that we were living under replaced with a set of corporate rules. And I, I, that's becoming painfully obvious as we go forward. Oh, absolutely. That, that's a very cogent comment. And uh, Stephen, your thoughts, buddy? The definitely, you know, it's obvious that um, they have no regard for us. I was you talking about secession. The place I had to secede was in my mind first from just this whole. It, people have to, to make that choice, or we're just not going. And uh, we may not, you know. I know that we need a different system. I was thinking about that today. How everything is corrupt. We just have to start again somehow. That I know. It, it sounds naive, but this thing is rotten to the core, all this money grubbing. This guy talking about the weaponized piles of money. Well, we we have to redefine everything, I think. We have to – or maybe return to the true definition. What they've done is redefined everything, you know, like – the reason they talk about a traditional wife now, a trad wife, why would you have to say that? You know, why do they even have to use terms like that? Because they have gone and weaponized things in all languages where they've gotten us to this point. And with the border and secession, they're, they're in control of that whole system. You know, we have to find a different way. The men in this country have to take back ownership of their lives and their families. And if it don't happen now, it ain't ever going to happen. They're trying to destroy that all the way down. You know, all the way to the youngest generation now. I think that they've ripped it apart to the point that these kids don't even know some of them what sex they are. They're just they're they're bamboozled and mystified by their public indoctrination system and by all this stuff in the media program. It's like the guy that I was talking to yesterday talked about kids today never experience boredom like we used to when. I, at least I, I think Scorpio, you're probably young enough to have remembered that when you were a kid. But now there's always that screen there telling them what the, the truth is and putting them in another place where they are. There's a quick and easy escape. We used to have to sit around and plan our escape. You know, I remember that teenage lament in '74, sitting around planning your escape. Right? That was uh, no. They can just get in that screen and they're gone. And and it's just they're going to forget the what we're. We, as a people, will forget the way things were when they grow up this way for all these things. You know, when we're gone, if we don't do something now, it's going to be too late. That's why I keep blathering about this, because I've got grandkids, and I don't want them to inherit a pile of ashes. Oh, great comment, Stephen. Absolutely right on point. And, gentlemen, uh, before we reach the top of the hour here, I want to read a quote Many of you have probably heard of James Garfield, James A. Garfield. Well, I want to read a quote from the 1879 House of Representatives, a quote from Mr. Garfield. And then I really want us to get into this on the other side of the break. Quote, government is fully aware that they need your consent and participation 
to maintain its existence. A nationwide no vote would abolish the government. The problem isn't the government, but the people that perpetuate the government's existence thinking they will change it by voting, unquote. So, gentlemen, I really, we've got a couple of minutes before break, but I really want to jump into that on the other side. Every time a person goes to the poll and casts a vote, it doesn't make any difference who it's for. They authorize government to continue. And what's it going to take in this country? And that old quote or that old saying by Butler Schaefer, God rest his soul. What if they gave an election and nobody showed up? So your thoughts uh, uh, before we jump to the break there, uh, Scorp? Well, uh, yeah, I want to go into this uh, idea of secession, hopefully, in the second hour. I think there's a lot there. Um, there's some things I want to bring up. But, um, you know, that's an interesting quote. And you know, I, when I watch, I like to watch the news just to monitor the propaganda. And when they interview people, you know, who just voted, they went to the polls, and they talk about their vote and their opinion as though it matters. It really gives them the illusion that what I think matters and here's what I think and my vote reflects my beliefs. And that's what keeps the, the people in this passive place. They believe that their vote counts and uh, that somehow it means something when ultimately it truly doesn't. And I know that's hard for people to accept, especially now with all this false hope uh, being Taken down with uh, Donald Trump. Uh, but those are my thoughts, and maybe in the second hour we can go into the succession thing because I think it's a very deep topic. Oh, I really want to jump into that succession thing because I think it is really critical. Well, I think I hear some music coming up, guys. We'll see you on the other side. Support RBN. People like me, people like you, wish I could just wake up. May it not be true, but it is, oh it is, living in the new world, with an old soul, these rich men north the rich men, Lord knows it all, just want to have total control, want to know what you think, want to know what you do, and they don't think you know, but I know that you do. Shit. And it's taxed to no end Cause the rich men Cause the rich men I wish politicians would Look out for miners And not just miners On an island somewhere Lord, we got folks in the street Ain't got nothing to heat And the whole beast Health Simple with Cholera Shilaji, fact bit number three. Shilaji is the supreme yoga vaha. Within Ayurveda, Shilaji is the singular substance that towers above all other herbs, herbal minerals, and earth-made adaptogens. Yoga vaha refers to substances that have the ability to synergistically make better and carry other substances to its prescribed destination. In the case of Shilaji, most any herb, food, or mineral is amplified with ionic potential, superimposing superior efficacy with increased cellular energy and absorption rate. One of the best applications for Shilaji is to add a drop or two into your favorite herbal tincture or foodstuff. Simply put, Shilaji makes other substances more effective. Shilaji, legit Shilaji, such as Colorado Shilaji, 
is the king and the supreme yoga vaha. It is the tonic that indeed towers above any other earth mixed substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth, truth.